Hey, I'm Mitch Goldman. Welcome to Deep Focus. This is part two of Gary Lucas on the program, October 15th, 2018. Our topic was Charles Mingus, whose birthday, as I record this, happens to be this very week, April 22nd. He would have been 99 years old here in year 2021. Music is as fresh as ever. Gary Lucas could not be a finer, deep-focused guest. Man, is he up to speed on his Mingus. I mean, he is obviously deeply moved by this artist's work and can talk about it and does talk about it very knowledgeably. I love that. What I really love most of all is the passion, and Gary is feeling it. So enjoy this program. Uh, If you didn't hear part one, go back in part one. Hear part one. You might want to hear that first, but I'm not going to tell you what you could do. This is uh, Land of the Free and the Home of the Brave. Everything is permitted. I'm going to leave it right there. Okay. Enjoy. Thank you. 
So good. So good. Okay. Wow. Tempos. <laughs> so you're in a 15th century fort in Italy. Yeah. And the crowd's going bananas for Mingus. They're playing like their lives depended on them. <laughs> oh, that's it. That's how it rolls out. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Charles Mingus Quintet, that one in Ravenna, Italy, at uh, the, I, I mean, we talk about, you know, like, oh, the Village Vanguard, you know, no, ancient jazz mecca. We're talking, we're talking serious Venetian. Medieval stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Rocco Brancaleone. Very good Italian. Si, 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 si. Assolutamente. In uh, Ravenna, Italy. Yeah. And uh, the date was July 27th, 1974. The Mingus Quintet with... George Adams on tenor saxophone, Mingus, of course, on the bass, Don Poe on piano, Danny Richmond on the drums, and shining a special bright light on Blewett, Hamiet Blewett on the baritone saxophone, um, who, sad to say, was the last survivor of this group. He left us just last week. Um, He went on to be a co-founder of the World Saxophone Quartet, which was probably the thing that he was best remembered for but um a great leader in his own right and uh composer band leader educator um one of the you know we hear musicians talking among themselves and there are certain people who uh evolve into being this sort of uh father, teacher, um, person shining a light, leading the way, and showing how it's done. And um, Blewett coming out of St. Louis, and uh, his all the life experience, including playing with Mingus, that he brought along. And he is somebody who's a person of great esteem and honor among many, many musicians, a couple generations that have followed him who are all over the map now. And um, you heard a textbook example in his playing of why that is, of being at the same time a magnificent ensemble player and honoring these 
beautiful compositions of Mingus, and yet bringing his own voice yes. and a totally unique sound on a difficult instrument, baritone saxophone, in which he uh, developed an elaborate vocabulary of extended technique and mm. things that no one had ever done. It's, uh, if you've seen, the, there are... There are larger saxophones, but the baritone's the biggest one you usually see where um, the mouthpiece comes out of the mouthpiece and loops around and back down. It's actually exactly double the size of an alto. It's an octave lower than an E-flat alto saxophone. And um, he played he <clears throat> the, those beautiful bass notes on it, and you heard... You heard and will hear in the rest of the music that we play how wonderfully it intersects with the sound of Mingus's bass, but he's also, he's jumping up above the sound of George Adams' tenor sax, and Adams is himself already in the stratosphere. It's uh, bravura. Um, he's, I'm sure, to have seen that band, uh, you would never forget. No, I wish I'd... Have yeah. had that experience, honest. I'm very sad to say. Well, the closest we can come for you tonight here on these airwaves is to do exactly what we're doing. We're playing these live recordings that have not been released. Uh, the show's called Deep Focus. Gary Lucas is our guest tonight, and it's by Gary's wise, knowing, intuitive and clever. Answer. I thought you might be a Mingus fan. <laughs> Mitch, I, now come on. I never really you, heard the guy before you pointed <laughs> no, out no, no. to me how uh, thrilling this music is. And his records are great. We were talking off mic a little bit about those magnificent Atlantic recordings. Yeah. I mean, just the whole canon of Mingus, there are many live albums that have come out, and a lot of these bootleg tapes have circulated for years. But uh, the studio albums are something else. Uh, my favorite being The Black Saint and The Sinner Lady, which I have rated as one of the best albums of all time, and I'm sometimes asked to do those lists of my top ten albums. That would be right up there in that top ten. That's a volcanic suite that was really a studio big band, basically, put together by Mingus, but with a lot of musicians who'd been working with the arranger Bob Hammer. We did a little genealogy <laughs> uh, background research on, on this recording, but I recommend it to everybody because it's a phenomenal composition. Mingus really could work in extended forms like nobody else. It's kind of like, you know what I mean, before Sgt. Pepper, for instance, right, or, right. you know, Anybody in rock had the idea of stringing together disparate music to make statements, you know, of like sweet, like nature. Mingus was there doing it already. Yeah. And uh, I think it was originally conceived of as a dance piece yeah. for dancers. Yeah. But I don't think it was ever realized outside the studio. You know, we did a little trying to track down to see if any of this ever got played live. I, I don't think so. But some of the people on there are still among us, like Jay Berliner, the guitarist on it. Uh, I saw in a Broadway pit orchestra a couple of years ago. I hope he's still out there and okay. Uh, he's also on Astral Weeks by Van Morrison. Oh, there, wow. There's all sorts yeah. of musicians, very interesting players. Charles Mariano, who is a really 
you know, can make his saxon weep. Yeah. I mean, his tone, it's almost like the love of life or, you know, it's its almost so fabrish with a wide vibrato, but so heart stop, oh, so affecting and beautiful. And this thing is drenched in very dissonant harmonic uh, motifs throughout. And it's some of Mingus's sexiest, bluesiest writing. It's dark, but very beautiful. So anyway, the Black Saint and the Sinner Lady also... Of note, Mingus, oh yeah. Yes. Which is like his rock album almost. It's like rock with, and he sings a number of songs in there, such as Devil Woman and Oh Lord, Don't Let Them Drop That Atomic Bomb on Me. Stop it. Eat That Chicken. Eat That Chicken. Yeah, no, it's like, uh, it's really, it's Mingus just having fun and revisiting some oldies, book goodies of his and exploding the blues into new formats. Mingus uh, um. That's on Columbia, a f- fantastic. That's maybe the best reading of Better Get be- better get Hit in Your Soul as well, uh, one of his standards, as well as um, Goodbye Pork Pie Hat. So many great compositions yeah. on there. Then there's oddballs like Cumbia and Jazz Fusion. A great album. Yeah. But he was still that. kicking it into the 70s. That's yeah. on Atlantic, one of the later Atlantic releases. Unbelievable music. And I've never been disappointed by any Mingus side yeah. whatsoever. Are you a fan of the Joni Mitchell Mingus? Not so much. No. <laughs> so wait okay. a second. I'm sorry. No, you know, no, no. I'm no, just... I mean, I appreciate Joni Mitchell. and It's one of my wife's <laughs> guilty pleasures. Uh, I'm a Laura Nero fan. Uh, 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 so, uh, uh, no, but okay. she was great. Right. I loved her. Well, uh, so Deep Focus, great. we're playing, these recordings we're playing are from the archives here at WKCR. They are not available for commercial purpose. And sadly, this band is no longer available to go see. But these other recordings, the studio recordings of Mingus and some live, great live recordings of Mingus are available to you to purchase from your favorite retailer. And as good maybe better and especially if you get the right night you got to get out of the house yes get out of the car somewhere wherever your voice my voice is being heard there is some live music and some musicians yes got to support live music yeah not not just for them no for, for your soul yes better because that's hit. where music really lives for me too i mean that's in where i live soul. in that moment when I'm playing live and I feel like I'm connecting with people. Yeah, do That's it. That's the greatest. You know, you, you put up with a lot of stuff living in this world these days. You need to get yourself into where... I mean, it's nice hearing these recordings, but really, music is all about breathing with the musicians in the room and the magic that happens. There's nothing else like it. You're maybe home collecting your MP3s and all that. And or your social security checks. <laughs> but you gotta, you gotta. They should get out there. To, yes. Right, yeah, you gotta to experience the stuff. And one good opportunity just to give. Oh, off the top of my head, an example is Friday night at the Metrograph on Ludlow Street. Yeah, I'll be kicking it with the Spanish Dracula, the Spanish language Dracula, 1931 rarity. Uh, from Universal Studios, although it was never copywritten for some strange reason. Wow. But they shipped it out, this 
this film, it's an alternate Dracula with an all-Latin cast. It played up until the 90s regularly every year in Cuba. For instance, in Havana, in a cinema there, you know, they just acquired a copy and they just, you know, did it to death. They projected it to death. It was always popular. And uh, anyway, I composed a live score to accompany this film, which has no music on the soundtrack, only dialogue in Spanish. But of course, there's subtitles. I mean, you know, so uh, what's not to like? You really would be fascinated by this film if you care about cinema at all. I mean, it's really has a lot going for it in many, many aspects. And uh, I, I think the score, you know, is some of the best work that I did. You can actually hear a short excerpt of it on uh, live at the New York Film Festival on a record of mine called Cine Fantastique, Gary Lucas's Cine Fantastique, on Northern Spy Records, which I believe is still, it's probably on Spotify. And, uh, you know, check that out because you can hear what I do with the guitars. It's quite cinematic. And it's all me in real time playing both acoustic and electric guitar. Well, Gary... We have another mind-blowing live recording here for you. You thought that was it. You thought Ravenna was going to be it and was just going to be... The Ne Plus Ultra. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe more than that. Who knows? The penultimate. We're getting in the WKCR chopper and flying to Toronto, Ontario. The year... It's still 1974. We're turning the clock back three months to April of 74. Spring is late this year. There's still snow on the ground. Yeah. And yet, the same ensemble of Mingus is going to be heating things up inside the Mackenzie Corner House in Toronto. And uh, it's, once again, George Adams, Hamiet Blewett, Don Pullen, and Danny Richmond. Right. And um, we are no longer in an elegant European park in Emilio Romano. We're now, we're in a joint, man. We're with Mingus in a joint, and uh, things are going to fly. Right. Are you, are you, you got, I'm ready. You got your seatbelt on? Yeah, come on. All right, man. Bring Here it on. Go. Here man. we go. It's WKCR-FM New York, WKCR-HD1, WKCR.org. The show is Deep Focus. My name is Mitch Goldman. My guest is Gary Lucas, and our topic is Charles Mingus. And you've never heard this. I've never heard this. Have I heard this? I don't hear nothing. I don't hear it. The Who are you needle people? is playing on the, and spinning. What are you doing in my dressing room? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Okay. We can, uh, we can address this. I see what it is. All right. Okay. You're trying to... Reboot when in doubt. Ready? You say you're ready. I'm ready.
that was a tape recorded live. Here we go. Wow. My gosh. That, wow. That was unbelievable. Wow. Unbelievable. That, that was unbelievable. I'm a god. That is the most avant mingus I think I've ever heard. Gary, the soloing on there was so uh, nervy and on the edge, and yet they kept drawing back into, like, yeah. mop, mop yeah. Yeah, yeah, beats. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it was just, see, this is, Mingus, to me, connects the dots of all music. Yeah. He's got a foot in classical music. He has a foot in he traditional really jazz. A lot of people might not realize A foot in that. rock and roll. Don't ever, you know, deny it. And certainly in avant-garde jazz. But this, I mean, for a live recording, I never heard yeah. any ensemble of his playing so outside as these and guys. And pulling it back. Yeah, back. and they kept 20s. pulling it back. Or they'd have a 20s thing going at one point, and the other guys would still be soloing yeah. like us. We're not Coleman Stiley. Oh, I and think... Uh, it was yeah. unbelievable. Yes. Yeah, so wow. we got to, like, disseminate that more widely. Yeah, and you know, I yeah. did. I didn't uh, thoroughly research it. I'm, you know, I was a, once upon a time I was a history major in school. I know you were telling and, me. And I I do enjoy part of the pleasure of doing the show for me is doing a little bit of research and finding out about these you know far flung corners. Yeah. Um, Mackenzie's Corner House. There's not. I don't know. Maybe there's probably some listeners who spend some time in Toronto that might know something about this place. But uh, I did find a reference in a billboard. Magazine to Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney dropping in to catch a set by Roy Buchanan. <laughs> yeah, All right. But uh, yeah, it was. I guess it was. Uh, you know, a club and uh, that either had a, that or a history museum. Yeah. No. Well, yes. There's also well the Mackenzie House. The Mackenzie House in is Toronto is a historic home of the first mayor of okay. Toronto. But I think this was something different. No. And uh, with a very eclectic booking policy. Yeah, yeah. Maybe there were some, you know, like hippie kids used to come hang out there and, you know, young people that were in a, into a wide range of music, instrumental or otherwise. And, you know, <laughs> for whatever reason, the belts got loosened and uh, maybe a couple of uh, inspirational something got passed around or whatever it might have been, but... <laughs> These guys were ready to uh, rip it loose. That was just, that was ripping. It was, uh, once again, this band, it was, Mingus had a lot of great bands through the years. So many. He was uh, legendarily fiery and cantankerous and demanding leader. And uh, people went through that band and... Put themselves through the ringer. Or maybe decided not or we're to. put through the <laughs> put on the barrel. Yeah, as Beefheart used to say. And and uh, so he, but, but he had he had a bunch of a bunch of different bands over the years. But this one, this was kind of one of his last core groups. Uh, and it, you know, Gary, something you understand better than most of a group forging a collective identity, yeah. at least on stage, if nowhere else. And all of these guys, you got this uh, bravura kind of um, approach to the instrument. You've got these young guys coming along of George Adams, tenor sax, Hammy Blewett on baritone sax, Don Pullen on piano, all of whom are uh, caught in the spirit of all these new things that are happening in the music. And uh, they've they all have a 
fresh, original approach to their instrument and are doing things that haven't been done, haven't been heard. And Mingus and Danny Richmond, his right-hand man playing the drums, are going, yeah, okay, yes. let's go, man. I know. Let's... They're right there. <laughs> yeah. Driving it, kicking it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, thrilling. That was thrilling. That was... <laughs> <laughs> I'm really astonished, no, because I. And you've been heard... listening to Mingus for a long time. Yeah, how did I first hear of Mingus? I don't know. There I'm was a Donovan year. lyric, and one of those early albums by the Scottish singer-songwriter Donovan. One of the lines is "Mingus mellow, fantastic," and I think I remember that caught in my mind. I was like, "Who is this Mingus guy?" Yeah, it's a very evocative name. But I think see, they're... among hipsters, particularly in the subterranean subcultures of places like the UK, you know, Mingus was a, you know, God. And uh, his records were really appreciated and his spirit. So I think that might have been the first time I encountered the name, but it was, uh, I have to, this is a subject for further investigation. Well, I mean... Anybody who was touched by a performance like this one, and once again, if, I, I hope you're not just joining us, because if you are, you've missed a lot of great music tonight. But this music is not something that uh, this is not an album that's coming out from a major no. label or anything. This is these are live recordings from the WKCR archives, and although it should, I mean, you think yeah. because the playing was so stellar. I mean, really, I'm just. It took my I was, really. I don't, words cannot express. <laughs> Not only is the the play, I agree was, with you. The playing is stellar, but also just the whole conception recasts the notion of what Mingus might do on any given night on stage. And this is yeah, this no, is I mean really... because there are outside passages, as mentioned before, on many of the studio albums. For instance, there's a great piece called "Passions of a Man." On an early, I think an Atlantic, is it on The Clown? It's on one of the Atlantic studio albums where Roland Couric is playing Stritch and Manzella and Penny Whistles and Mingus is sort of encanting in Spanish and Swahili and, you know, voodoo, mumbling, and it's great. It's like a sound poem, a soundscape, just a beautiful free piece of theater sort of theatrical music. But nowhere have I heard as sustained blowing as outside on any of Mingus's albums as here. Now maybe on Changes 1 and 2, because it's essentially the same band. Yeah, I mean, it, but it's not as in your face. For, it's toned down, I would say. Yeah, this is... For those uh, studios, but this is as raw and powerful as anything I've heard. I'm with you, man. Yeah. I love it. Um, I'm gonna, I'm calling you out, Gary. Oh, Lucas. okay. So the show, if uh, you're just coming along, it's uh, Deep Focus. I'm Mitch Goldman, and what we do, we invite a guest into the studio, and we call upon that guest to choose a topic of Deep Focus. And uh, it's come to my attention, Gary Lucas, that um, you might have some proprietary <laughs> knowledge. Oh, of insider uh, information about Mangus. Well, it could be now. I have one good story, but it's secondhand. But I would vouch for the for the guy who was the teller of this tale to me. There was a a very excellent piano player who was fairly active on the scene and notorious 
in New York named Al Fields, who also had a day job working at a much-loved but lately lamented burger joint by St. Patrick's Cathedral called Prime Burger. So if those of you hipsters in the know remember Prime Burger, that was a wonderful experience with their little lunch counter tables where they would sit you down. They were like school chairs of the 30s where the swinging hinged platter would, you know, where they would put the hamburger. I can't really uh, rhapsodize enough about this place. But uh, anyway, Al was quite an accomplished piano player. Years ago, he was playing at what is now Cafe Loop on 13th Street off 6th Avenue, recently in the news as it was supposedly going out of business because of a huge tax debt. The good news is some angel stepped in and they've been resuscitated and they're currently in business again. Okay. All right, so Cafe Loop had a music scene going on of live music over the years, and it was a bohemian hangout. Years later, it became a rock critic's hangout with people like Lester Bangs and Billy Altman. That's another story. Uh, Anyway, Al's story was he was playing piano. He was like a a house piano player there. One day, Mingus stepped in wearing a huge oversized cape. Mingus was quite a snappy dresser and very theatrical. And a big guy. And a big guy. With, yeah, Passions of a Man, don't forget. This is Mr. Passions of a Man. And on the microphone, Al leaned over and said, Hey, everybody, we got Charlie Mingus in the house. Everybody, let's have a hand for Charlie Mingus. Mingus reached inside the folds of his cape, produced a throwing knife, dagger, and hurled it at Al's direction, and it stuck right by Al's head into the piano and said, it's Charles, mother, etc. Can I want to run afoul of the FCC here? Well, and uh, and and uh, the people were outraged, and the police got called, and Mingus cooled everybody down when they showed up and said, "This is a family affair." I'm sorry, this is what. <laughs> and so Al went. Al swore this was a true story, and Al Fields played at my wedding. He played on the Clashes. Julie's working for the Drug Squad. He had a wow. a very storied and multifaceted career over the years. So I would tend to believe the story. And this sounds appropriate to Mingus, who was known for his mercurial temper. And he did not like to be called Charlie Mingus. And that's something, you know, to to take note of. If you run into him late one night, listeners, (laughs) you have been... You've been warned, like, you know... (laughs) In the hereafter, in the Blue Imperium, if you see Mr. Mingus. Wow. Make sure you wow. call him Charles. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And make sure your chops are up. <laughs> and that you have a throwing knife on you. That's right. And, and a piano to throw <laughs> to it throw into. into. Like a dartboard. Man. Right. Well, you know, uh, Gary, we're almost running out of time. Can you believe no. that? Are you kidding me? I know. It's unbelievable. Oh, my God. Flies by. Yeah. Flies by. I say this every time. We have another. What could top all this, you're saying? More, <laughs> More live yes. from the vault. Mangoes We're recordings. getting back in the WKCR chopper, flying back to Italy okay. to Bologna. One of my favorite places to play in the world. Why not? Not only any place, but the very Palazzo dello Sport ah. in uh, Bologna. This is the Festival del Jazz. Mm. 
uh, November of 72. So still 1972. We start, Actually, no, we were in 74. Now yeah, we're going we back were. to 72. Yeah, we were. We're going in the Wayback Machine. We're going in the Wayback Machine. Um, yeah. Uh, so Nixon was just reelected as we take it back to presidential I politics know. just about a week ago. And once again, I'm happy to say, Hamiet Blewett is with us on baritone saxophone and flute. We've got Joe Gardner on trumpet and a special guest appearance by the screamer himself, Cat Anderson. Wow. When you listen to those uh, Ellington recordings and you hear that trumpet hit those crazy notes, that's the man. John Foster is the pianist and Roy Brooks playing the drums and he's got some musical saw on here as well. And, of course, Mr. Mingus playing the bass. So this was during that period. I think you and I were talking off mic about um, Danny Richmond having blown town for a little while and uh, doing some pop stuff. Um, but the very able Roy Brooks right. stepped in. And uh, do I have it queued up, more or less? No. Might help if I uh, queue up this tape oh, yeah, from 1972. No, very important. That will That's help. It. Let's uh, thread that leader. Let me set the settings for eat seven. Eat that chicken. Eat that chicken, seven and a half inches per second. And uh, we're queued up and just about ready to rock. Now, what are we listening to here? So, uh, well, why don't you tell the nice folks, starting with track <laughs> two. Hand me your... Uh, I, uh, you got it. You're looking right at it, aren't you? Oh, Hold yeah. On. All right. Yeah. This is great, man. Yeah. This is Peggy's Blue Skylight, and this is this is on Mingus Changes One. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, yeah, what can I say? Shall we? Let's hear it. All right. It's Deep Focus on WKCR. I'm Mitch Goldman. Gary Lucas is here with me, and you are in Bologna with Charles Mingus. <laughs> Thank you. 
first show. The date was October 15th. It was a Monday in the year 2018. Gary Lucas came up to the studio, and our topic was the magnificent Charles Mingus. And you could hear, listening to that, that Gary was, oh, he was waiting a long time for somebody to ask him uh, what he thought about Charles Mingus, because he thought a lot. You know, what this show's about is giving you an opportunity to hear the way musicians, who are no different from you or me, I'm not a musician, maybe you are, I don't know, but um, serious career musicians think about this stuff really profoundly a lot for a long time. And they come away from that experience with some real insights about this music, how it's created and how it makes us feel. And I, that's what I want to share with you is the opportunity to receive these messages so profoundly because they're there. Not everybody's going to pay attention. Not everybody wants to participate on that level, and that's fine. But if you do, you can go all the way. Gary Lucas has gone all the way with Charles Mingus. I love that. Okay, so that's uh, that is, that's what I wanted to share with you tonight. Um, if you don't know Gary Lucas's music, ooh, you got you're in for a sweet ride of discovery. Gary Lucas spelled the way it sounds. Uh, a lot of people think of him as a quote unquote rock guitarist. I think of him as a New York musician. Uh, a musical gourmand who um, is like an antenna. You know, he's receiving all this information and he's sharing it. He can interpret it and he can add his own specialness to it and share it with us. It's really a treat. It's really a treat getting to listen to Gary's music. Gary Lucas. All right. Uh, those gigs we was talking about, obviously, they happened already. They were great. But you know what? Hopefully there's more coming. There certainly will be if you support it. If you get vaccinated and you get out there and uh, show some love for it, music will come your way. I'm Mitch Goldman, and uh, so glad you're enjoying this show. Spread the word. <laughs>